Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. I hope 2023 is starting off in a beautiful way for you. Today's podcast is a little bit of a remake and a revision of one of the original podcasts that I recorded when we started back in August 2021. And it was called My 11 Lessons from 11 Years in Business. So I'm re-recording that today and topping it up with a few extra lessons for you reflecting the 13 years that I've now been in business. Now, this is one of the most popular episodes full of so many nuggets, and I'm confident that you're going to love it. And here's some nuggets that can help you kick off and slide into a beautifully successful 2023, which is what I wish for you all. So as I said, I've been in business for 13 years, which feels like a really long time, but also it feels like just yesterday. So it's funny the way, you know, you have these duality of feelings. Like literally it feels like it was just yesterday that I was starting out my first business, which was a traditional HR consulting business. But at the same time, you know, since then I've started three businesses and there've just been so many like experiences and lessons and ups and downs along the way. When I actually look at it, and look at the numbers, I've hired something like 50 people for myself to work with me in those three businesses that I've started over that period. And I've literally interviewed thousands of people for my clients in my role as a recruiter, an ex-corporate recruiter, as a HR consultant, as a coach. I started three businesses, as I said. I have sold one, which I handed over with a full team in place to the new owner to keep running. So these 13 years have definitely been quite the journey. And I'll be honest, it hasn't all been rosy. It's been full of good times and bad times and lessons and things that I wish I hadn't done and also things that I had to experience for myself, I guess. So let's dive in. My 13 lessons from my 13 years in business. The first lesson that I want to share with you is that it is so important that we focus on building a business that gives us a life rather than something that just gives us a job or gives us income. So I know that for many of us, when we're starting out as entrepreneurs, we start the business from the agenda of moving away from a previous job. So we sort of look to replace that income. It's often the mindset that a lot of us have when we first start out. And I guess the thing with this is that if you just keep your focus on building an income without focus on building a business that supports your life, then what can happen is you can wake up one day and not really like the life and the business that you've built for yourself. And this one is really close to my heart because my very first business that I created, which was my traditional HR consulting business, what I did was I accidentally created a replica of my past corporate job. And 
that first business of mine, I was also in a business partnership that wasn't right for me. And what I found myself doing is creating a replica of that previous very hard working corporate job that I had, which in reality wasn't sustainable for me as I evolved, as I got married, as I moved on to have children, et cetera, et cetera. I built that business purely focusing on bringing revenue in the door and paying myself a wage without any idea or without really taking into consideration at all lifestyle. And what happened to me was that four years in, I woke up one day and realized that I really didn't like the job that I'd built for myself. And unraveling that was one of absolutely the biggest lessons I've ever had. It was painful. It was costly. So my number one lesson that I'm sharing with you here is to right now, if you're not already, shift your brain to thinking, how can I build a business that gives me a beautiful income, but also provides me with a life that I love? Because we all know that life can suddenly feel very short and we want to have lived it well. Lesson number two, build your team based on you as an individual. Because the reality is, is that even the most loyal people are going to come and go from your business, but it's you who's going to be there for the long haul. So you need to pace yourself for the marathon that is building a business. So it's really important that you make lots of tiny micro decisions that lead to a macro business and a macro life that works for you every day and one that you love. And that means hiring people to work with you who you enjoy as much as they can functionally perform the job, perform the task in a way that makes you feel safe, happy, and able to focus on something else. So one of the biggest lessons that I see with my clients in particular is how easy it is to fall into the trap of being too flexible, too flexible in bending to make things work for everybody else. And I know at first it's totally normal to just feel grateful that you've got somebody helping you and that gratefulness often means that we're flexible and we want to do things to help them back and make it a two-way street. And yeah, sure, there is definitely an element of that required. However, when you're being so flexible that you're bending to everybody else's requirements on your team or to service your clients, then you'll get into a stage or you'll reach a point where suddenly your business isn't working for you. So get really clear on what is going to work for you and what doesn't. What do you enjoy? Do you like being disrupted all the time? Do you need to have do not disturb days? Do you like speaking to clients all throughout the week? Or do you need to have client days and team days? You know, look at what does and doesn't work for you and think of the way you want to go about your work. And then as you bolt on new people and new services and new products to your business, just make sure that they all add up to still feeling great for you as an individual. Lesson number three, hire great people to work with you, but don't cling to them. So this is a really tricky one, especially, you know, your first five people that you hire will be really critical to your business. And let's face it, they give you life. They give you space. They give you a sense of freedom back. They give you this ability to grow beyond just you. But if you find yourself feeling clingy to them, or wondering, oh my goodness, if this person was to ever leave me, I'd be totally stuffed, then that's your early red flag that you're missing a system, a process or something 
that puts a buffer into your business so that if for some reason something was to happen to them, your business would be able to continue. I know that it's not something you want to think about. You don't want to think about those first five people or or anybody who feels really, really close to you leaving. However, the reality is, is that people do leave for all sorts of reasons that are totally outside your control. And if you're sitting there thinking, if that person didn't come into work one day, I'd be totally stuffed or the business would stop or I wouldn't know how to do that or I'm unwilling to do that then this is the time right now before they've even entertained leaving to get a system or a process or something in place so that everything is and would be okay if and when they chose to move on. So hear me when I say, look at that now. This can be as small as asking them to record how you do this so that I know how to do it one day if you happen to be on holidays. It gets to be that small because this clinging energy, this is the stuff that will keep you up at night because this is your business and your body trying to tell you that you need a system or a process to help support you not be so reliant on any one person. Lesson number four. Don't underestimate the power of systems when it comes to your freedom. So simple systems allow somebody in your business to know what happens next when you aren't around. And not being around, not being needed, not being the thing that helps the person know what they need to do, that is your freedom as a business owner. I had a friend once who built a business to sell it. So he knew from day one that he was going to sell his business and he had a really clear strategy of going on regular holidays to simply see how the business survived without him. At first, he just went away for a couple of days, came back and went, okay, look at all the mistakes and the things that fell over while I was gone. Then that became a week. Then it became a month. Then it became a few months. And each time he looked for what didn't work and he put a system in place to cover it. Now, you may not want to sell your business. That may not be on your agenda at all, but I want you to take the strategic thinking from that, and that is systems support your business to not be so reliant on you. And similar to lesson three, systems will support your business. It will support you to not be so reliant on anybody in your business, and that is what makes a sustainable business. Lesson number five, always be asking yourself, Just because I can do this, should I? I see so many highly capable, amazing entrepreneurs just like you doing so much themselves, which is amazing, of course, but not sustainable if you want to avoid burnout or if you want to grow. Whether it is working something out for yourself, whether it's like you thinking, okay, maybe I can work out how to update the website or maybe I can work out how to like create these email funnels. Maybe that's the time for you to ask just because I can work this out, should I? Or maybe it's, you know, doing those mundane things that you don't really need to think too hard to do or you don't really enjoy doing. Maybe that's where you need to ask yourself just because I can, should I? Because time is the one thing that we all only have a fixed amount of. So you've got to look at what you're doing really wisely and ask yourself, just because I can, should I? Lesson number six, create an always improving normality in your business, an always improving culture. What this will do is keep you taking action and keep everybody continuing to do the things, but also keep your business striving for improvements and striving for greatness. 
it's so easy to get so stuck in trying to do something so right that we don't do it at all. And this can happen to us as entrepreneurs, but it can also happen to your team. By creating a culture and even just saying the words as the first step in creating the culture, by using the words, let's always be improving, let's, you know, 80% is good enough, let's get it going, we can work out how to do it better next time, etc. By creating this always improving culture, you're basically saying, do your best, but be open to feedback. And you're also saying this to them and to you. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh gosh, I do feel stuck, or somebody on your team seems stuck, then ask them or ask yourself, what is one thing that you can do, which is taking a tiny step forward here? And what can you learn from that step? Maybe you've hired somebody on your team and they didn't work out and you're feeling afraid to hire again. Or, you know, maybe you need to have a tricky conversation with somebody about something that's going on. You don't know how to have it. You know, ask yourself, what is one step that you can take that'll help you move forward, even though it may not be perfect? Maybe that action's asking for help. Maybe that action is just writing down the specifics of what you wished the person had done. Maybe that action is just having a go, letting them know that, you you know, it's not a beautifully phrased conversation and you're sure you're not necessarily saying this the right way, but there's some stuff you want to share and you hope that they receive it in the best way possible. Making little mistakes and making them okay shows your team that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to own up to those mistakes, to talk about them and to learn from them. And by Talking in this way by creating a culture like this, we get to therefore avoid, you know, that culture of blame where it's like, oh, that person did that. It's not my fault. It's them. Or that culture of being afraid of someone finding out you did something wrong. Or, and we get to, you know, by talking about mistakes, by talking about let's learn from it, let's talk about by doing what we can and learning from it and taking action. By talking like this, what we're also doing is creating a culture where we're always going to be talking about how we get better. So when you do need to give feedback to somebody that's not necessarily positive, it's not going to feel like this big attack because the person will be used to, oh, we're always talking about things that didn't work so well. We're always talking about how we can get better. So when it gets directed to them, it won't feel like such a surprise. Lesson number seven, find a mentor or a coach, somebody who can help you prioritize and decide what's important. Because we've got this finite amount of time with what feels like a billion options to do, whether it's marketing or whether it's like new products and new things that we can create and sell, there always feels like there's so many options. And so somehow you need to work out how to prioritize what's right for you and really focus and double down on that. So finding a mentor or finding a coach which has the right experience to help you ask yourself the questions, what systems are important, what activities should you focus on, what people should you hire, what questions should you ask. So hiring a mentor or a coach who has the right experience to guide you to the right direction is absolutely worth their weight in gold. But you've probably heard me say, hire the right person. So I'm also going to put in here, be really vigilant in screening anybody who's going to be a potential mentor or a coach to make sure they have the right experience doing the right sort of things and that they're experienced in supporting you to work out what's right for you, not somebody who is offering to teach you how to do exactly what they've done. 
this working out what's right for you in a unique way. Like I've definitely learned that the hard way, having tried to implement other people's strategy verbatim into my business and realizing, oh, that doesn't feel so good for me. So I really encourage you when you're talking to a potential mentor or coach or anybody that you can learn from for business advice, make sure they've got the right experience doing something that you want to know how to do, but then make sure that they know how to support you to find the answers within. So you're tweaking the implementation stage so it feels great for you. And that leads me into lesson number eight, which is learning how to tailor implementation of anything into your business is just so important. One size does not fit all in business. It just doesn't. If somebody is saying in their marketing that they have the answer and you just need to repeat exactly what they've done, then I just encourage you to run. I reckon maybe you can replicate 60 to 70% of somebody else's process or formula or signature framework or whatever it is, but the gold is in working out how to tailor that concept and implement and tweak it into your business in a way that's going to make it a true fit for you, either for the way it feels to you as the leader or the way the business therefore works for you as a leader or the service that you're offering to clients or whatever it is. I will never stop banging on about how important it is that we tap into our unique personalities, the unique lifestyle we want to lead, and therefore the unique business that we need to build. Lesson number nine, when it comes to hiring anybody, whether it's a coach, a new team member, anybody at all, think about the return and the value that that person is going to bring to your business well before you engage with them, well before you make the hiring decision and make actually that calculation. If I spend this on learning this from this person, what does the business get? If I spend this from asking the person to do this, what does the business get? Make it a calculation that becomes part of your hiring decision. I actually get my clients to answer a question, if only I can stop doing X, then finally I can get on with Y. When they're thinking about handing over or delegating existing things that they're doing to somebody else. Or if they're looking to hire somebody into their business to do something the business hasn't had done before, then I get them to answer, if only the business knew how to do what, then finally we'd be able to do what. Because it gives us a really clear link between, well, what is the business going to get back? Is it going to generate revenue? Is it going to find a cost saving? Is there an efficiency here? How do we measure what the business is going to get? And now let's look at how much it's going to cost you how much you're investing by way of wage or otherwise to get that return. How does that make you feel? So you want to think of the value and the return that you're going to get back and you want to think of the investment and the cost that's going to be going out the door. And the reason it's really important that you do this before you've made the hiring decision is because if you haven't thought about it and it's the person's first month in the job, and there's taking a little bit longer to get up to speed or there's some little hiccups and there's been some miscommunications or whatever normal things happen in the first month or two of somebody working with you, then it's really easy to panic at this stage and just look at the money going out the door. And if you haven't thought about, well, what's the business going to get back and what are the indicators that I knew that I'd need to look for to see that we're on track, then it's really realistic to think that you might even panic and let the person go prematurely. Which leads me into lesson 10, which is everything usually takes longer than you think it's going to. 
So that applies when new people start your business. And one of the things that I work with my clients is to map out well, what are the success indicators we're going to look for? What do we expect from them after a week? What do we expect them to be able to be producing after one month? What do we think they're going to be doing, you know, by month two? And how will we know if they're on track? So what are going to be the indicators we can look for to give us an idea that, yeah, they're on track to success? Because even when great people join our business, it can take a while to get up to speed. And what we thought they might know and understand and be able to do after one week might actually take two or three weeks. So if we don't get clear on these, what are the indicators I'm going to look for? What's the value and what's the return the business going to get in that first week, two weeks, three weeks, month, two months? If we're not clear on what indicators we should be looking for, what return we're going to get, then it's really easy to panic. So we want to have a time frame in mind. What do I want them doing after one week? What do I want them doing after one month? What would I like them to be contributing to the business by two months? So we want to have a time frame in mind and we want to have clear things that we're looking to see. And while we want to have them in our mind, we don't want to get too attached to them. So it's the progress towards the things that will tell us if the person's on track. So for example, if you're hiring an operations manager into your business to take over all the day-to-day from you, then an indicator that they may be getting up to speed, an indicator of their success might be them running the whole operations, them just having a weekly meeting with you for an hour or two where they bring all their questions and you feel really confident and you're not getting interrupted too much in between, you know, those weekly meetings. And then the next step from that might be like you being able to take a holiday Therefore, your indicators is how prepared they are in those meetings, how much they seem to be up to speed with all the questions they're bringing to you and how much they're then following up and asking you more stuff in between your meetings. Or if you're hiring somebody to you know, help you with sales, think about what indicator you would want to see to help you feel like there's going to be a sale coming before the dollar's you know, actually hit the bank? Is that you want to see them, you know, meeting with the right people? Is it that you want to see some inquiries coming in the door? Is it that you want to see a certain number of pitches or proposals going out the door? These are indicators that the sale is coming, the sale being the success. Okay, lesson 11 of 13. Let's dive in. Lesson 11, there is always an opportunity or a lesson when something goes wrong, if you choose to look for it. And in my experience, the opportunity is almost always there to improve a system, a process, or a person. And sometimes the person might be you because being the CEO can be really tough on a lot of days. You can find yourself with lots of balls in the air where lots of people or lots of things relying on you. And sometimes balls might get dropped and sometimes things might come crashing down. So if you've made a mistake or if somebody else has made a mistake, if something's gone wrong, if a client or a customer has made a complaint, if an email has gone out wrong, if something has happened that makes you go cringe and think, oh, I wish that didn't happen. If you choose to look for it, there will be a system that's missing. There'll be a process that's missing or there'll be a person who needs training and upskilling or potentially replacement. So that leads me to lesson 12, which is getting curious rather than furious. Let's face it, it's totally normal for most things to feel highly personal in your business. But the reality is, is that it is not as personal as what it feels. 
And when we let our emotions drive our response to situations, those emotions being, you know, fury, resentment, disappointment, anger, whatever, if we let those emotions drive our response, that's when we find ourselves looking back and wishing we'd handle things in a different way. So when you can learn to park whatever motion comes to the top, acknowledge it. Yep. Okay. I'm feeling angry right now. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling furious, you know, like go, yep, it's there. Take a big breath and shift into curious rather than furious. Firstly, you'll be able to normalize what's happening, which is just the ups and downs of business, which is actually just a reality of being in business. And then secondly, you'll be able to look and find the lesson from the situation. So next time somebody doesn't do what you want them to do, rather than thinking, I'm so mad at that person that they didn't do this for me as I asked, try, wow, I thought I was really clear with my ask. I wonder what happened. What were they thinking? What did they miss? Where was I not clear? Where did they hear something differently? What needs to happen differently to avoid this happening again? And when you can master this shift from furious to curious, you'll notice this emotional stability creep into your life as an entrepreneur, your business, your team, and even better, you're going to get this feedback loop, this answer loop coming back and giving you the answers as to what you need to do, or they need to do, or how you need to do it differently to not feel this level of frustration again. And finally, lesson 13, specificity is the secret to success. When you're hiring, when you're delegating, when you're communicating, when you're creating goals, whatever it is that you're doing, the gold is in getting specific. Get really good at getting specific. This is one of those things that I wish I had learnt so much earlier. Wishy-washy descriptions get wishy-washy results. If you're delegating to a team member, you must be specific if you want specific results. When you're outlining a new project, you must be specific on the parts that are important to you and the parts that you haven't thought about or the parts that you do want done in a certain way. When you're creating your business goals, you need to be specific. And when you think you've been specific, challenge yourself to see if you can get even more specific. And this is the difference between I want somebody who can do a great job and really help me versus I want somebody who can set up my socials, write the content, create the image, come up with a hashtag, schedule the posts, read the comments, measure the results, produce me a report, make suggestions about what I should be doing differently and make sure our followers are growing at least 20% per month. See, you get specific about what you're actually asking for and then you're much more likely to actually get what you're asking for. So there you go. That is my updated 2023 version of my business lessons, 13 leadership lessons from 13 years in business, drawn from my own experience starting three businesses in that period of time and my experience working, coaching and consulting with so many different businesses across different industries of different shapes and sizes. 
I hope you found a nugget or two in there that can help you to kick off 2023. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what's landed. You know, if there's something that's new, if there's something that you've experienced yourself, send me a DM over on Instagram at Paula Maidens Consulting. I'd love to hear from you. That's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I wish you every success in 2023 and I will be back here next week.